Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are starting the week off on a positive note. Tokyo and Seoul are both up about half a percent. Sydney is flat but still in the green in early trade. And the futures markets are pointing to a higher open for Hong Kong. Joining me as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. How's your weekend? Uh, it went really well. All too fast, I have to say. How's yours? Uh, pretty good. I had a bit of a party for the kids, so they came over had have a what's it it called a princess tea party so that's where they dress up have some tea have some games and stretch for hours so (laughs) I suppose it's a long tea huh yeah so this um, Mm -hmm. is setting up the week for lots to talk about because I'm fully recharged from the weekend how about you fantastic so am I I did not have a long tea but I had a two meter high cake that I've been telling everybody about (laughs) a really tall cake uh Maybe I should put it on my Instagram and then everybody can see it. We're, we're a little bit about food to start things off this morning, I have to say. We're heading down to Shenton Way with director deals and institutional trading. Who's buying? Who's selling? What might this mean for you? We start with a company that isn't a household name. I mean, how many of you are familiar with ABR Holdings? But I'd venture that many of you have been to one of its outlets recently, maybe for some food, a burger, ice cream, or maybe some great Veronican fare like uh, Bobby Ponteng. ABR's brands include Swenson's Tip Top Handmade Puff Seasons Cafe and the Chili Padi Nonya Restaurant. I'm always hungry, even hungrier this morning. ABR's Managing Director Ang Yi Lim has been trading his company's stock. So what has he been doing, buying or selling ABR Holdings? Yeah, he has been buying and this is with the stake he already has. So he's adding on to his stake. So let's take a look at what we have. Uh, he's buying it at 47.6 cents. And that's actually above the current share price of right now, 46 cents. So all in, he has raised his stake from 52.12 to 52.2%. So a slight raise and that is to the price tag of around $83,000. So he is, well, I guess, feeling quite happy with his company and thinks there's value there at this price. So buying up more of his stock. Okay, so he paid an average price of 47.6 cents per share to increase his stake in ABR and the current stock currently trading about 3% below that price. On paper, he's made a loss of about $2,800 on last week's purchases. Um, I don't know when the last time was you were in a Swenson, but what do you make of his purchase? Well, I suppose it's a good time to get into FMB, right? When you've got the prospects of hospitality um, with tourists coming in. Swenson's always a favourite for folks, especially when they celebrate their birthdays. You've got a free ice cream. I think it's Firehouse every time it's your birthday. Oh, really? Still? Still, yeah. So if it's your birthday, birthday, it's an excuse to go get ice cream cake as well. So that's just one of their brands. You've got also Tip Top Curry Puff. Uh, You've got also... Api Party, like you mentioned as well. So they've got a slew of restaurants, and I suppose that this rides on the wider um, FMB play here that can possibly tap on more tourists coming to Singapore. Uh, 
Shares of ABR Holdings are up about 7% over the past year. They offer a dividend yield of about 2%. Another F&B play might be Restaurant Brands International. It owns Burger King, Popeyes, Tim Hortons, Firehouse Subs. The Motley Fool writing the Restaurant Brands shares are undervalued. RBI shares are trading moderately lower over the past month, but they are up 15% over the past year. From FNB, I'm going to pivot to the semiconductor sector. About 18 months ago, U.S. Congress passed the CHIPS Act, which sets aside tens of billions to support semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S. Since then, only two small grants have been awarded, even though some 170 companies are believed to have submitted applications for funding. Well, this might be set to change. Over the weekend, the Wall Street Journal reported that several high-profile companies will soon receive billions of US dollars in subsidies. Who's on top of this list? Yeah, so it's the technology race being fueled by, I suppose, subsidies. And at the top of the list, you've got some familiar names. And these are the guys who will be making the advanced semicons for smartphones, AI and weapon systems. So if you look at some of the names up there, you've got the familiar ones like Intel. Uh, they will be in the mix as well. TSMC could be getting some subsidies. Micron, Texas Instruments, Global Foundries are among the contenders for the subsidies to build more factories in the US. So this will be shaping things up very interestingly for this year, especially where you've got the US elections. And of course, China in the middle of all the tensions where they've been trying to restrict technology transfers from going there Mm -hmm. in order to, I suppose... One on one basis, national security, and I suppose the other basis is competition. So TSMC and Intel are reportedly top of this list to receive subsidies. Intel could use some good news. On Friday, its shares tumbled more than 11%. In fact, we foreshadowed this on Friday's program. So remind us why investors are selling off Intel shares. If Wall Street Journal's report is true, do you think that this then, the entry on the list, might be enough to help Intel rebound? Yeah, it does paint an encouraging picture. If you manage to get a subsidies, then maybe your long-term pipeline will be a bit brighter. But in the meantime, they've got to look at what they have on the table, and that's the earnings. Even though they did beat the fourth quarter expectations, mm-hmm. it's the first quarter onwards that's starting to get people nervous. And that's where the lighter than expected guidance is making people think twice. Maybe it's time to get off the Intel bandwagon and move elsewhere. Despite all the talk about AI, maybe valuations are starting to get a bit rich for them. And I think this is where Intel is facing right now. More competition from other chip makers as well. So it's going to be... A nervous time for Intel this year. Yeah, shares of Intel are down 13% since the beginning of the year. Nerves indeed. But they are still up more than 50% over the past 12 months. All right, from F&B and semiconductors, we turn now to the commodity markets and a look at how geopolitics and military conflict is affecting the price of oil. Oil prices are trending higher this morning after several attacks in the Middle East. A drone attack by Iran-backed militants on a U.S. outpost in Jordan killed three soldiers, injured 30 more over the weekend. Houthi missiles also struck Russian and British tankers over in the Gulf of Aden. What's the latest? Yeah, I can imagine what might happen if U.S. soldiers are in the mix. So three of them were killed and dozens more were injured. As part of that, 
overnight drone attack you mentioned. So U.S. President Joe Biden was making a speech and he talked about how this was a tough day in the Middle East last night and they lost what he describes as three brave souls and then he had a minute of silence. And right after that, he said, we shall respond. So you got to read into what that might mean. You know? mm. It's quite ominous. Will it mean to what extent, to what level of magnitude? And of course, uh, in the crosshairs, they are pointing their fingers at Iran-backed militias. So this is where you might get more escalation of conflict, more bloodshed, and more disruptions to oil supply chains. And I think markets are trying to price that in right now with oil prices up about 1% to 2% so far this morning. There have been some 160 attacks, more than 158 to be precise, on U.S. and coalition forces in Iraq and Syria as at the end of last week. What does all this mean for the oil markets? Well, Brent crude trading above 84 U.S. dollars a barrel. West Texas crude has risen to nearly 79 U.S. dollars. Now, while most oil traders have their eyes on the Red Sea, events on the other side of the globe in the tiny South American nation of Guyana have had a profound effect on petroleum prices. Now, Guyana is home to huge oil reserves, which were discovered just a couple of years back. ExxonMobil and Chevron both have a presence in Guyana, but their investments could be at risk if the Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro, has his way. What's the story here? And his way is to apparently capture two-thirds of Guyana. And as you pointed out, Guyana is home to lots of oil reserves that ExxonMobil and Chevron own. So if you take over a huge part of the country, it means Exxon and Chevron are going to lose their revenue, their oil reserves. So as we've been following the reports, about 6,000 troops are set to go to Guyana's border already. And if they take over the assets, you can imagine what sort of conflicts might arise. Already, the UK has moved a warship close to Exxon's drilling site. And you have marine insurer Lloyds raising the risk level of Guyana to what is described as the highest risk shipping zone on their list. So this is um, shipping up to be quite a nervy time for Chevron and ExxonMobil. Indeed, Nicola Maduro threatening military action. This sounds like a land grab. The UK is trying to block any such movement. It's moved a warship. Close to Exxon's drilling site, industry experts say within 10 years, Guyana could pump enough oil to become the world's 11th biggest producer and that its output would make it more difficult for Saudi Arabia and other OPEC nations to dictate prices. Time for corporate news, so we do it up or down style. Let's start with Colgate Palmolive. All right, Colgate Palmolive makes more than just Colgate, but also soaps and everything else you might use in your house. Mm -hmm. And it's not looking too good because they think sales this year are likely to come in below estimates. So this comes as higher prices on their products start to weigh on people going to buy more of the stuff. So it's starting to hit an inflection point of sorts. Lots of competition in that particular branding space. Colgate Palmolive controls more than 40%, though, of the global toothpaste market, which is huge. The stock is also up 15% over the past three months. But Colgate Palmolive is forecasting lower sales growth for the year ahead, saying those higher prices are impacting its sales. So I'm going to give Colgate Palmolive a down as well. Let's look at H&M, the Swedish retailer. All right, it's 
going to be a down for me and H&M is in the news because of layoffs. And this comes as it plans to close down more than a quarter of its stores in Spain. And this means about 588 workers there. So uh, yet another company laying off big time. H&M making that major retreat in Spain. It is home turf for one of its biggest rivals, Zara. H&M closing a quarter of its stores in Spain, along with that layoff, 600 affected. I'd say a down for H&M, definitely an up for Zara's parent company, Inditex. Let's look at Far East Orchard. All right, it's going to be an up for me, and this comes as it talks about expecting higher profit after tax for its FY ending December 31st. And this comes as it expects these profits to come from fair value gains on investment mm. properties. So good news there. Yeah, stay tuned for more details. But for now, this sounds definitely like an up for Far East Orchard. The company could use a boost. Its share price is down 6.5% over the past year. Let's look at Gunting Singapore. We foreshadowed this last week when we discussed Marina Bay Sands' financial earnings. Uh, What are the numbers looking like? Yeah, so you've got Gunting on a bit of a bounce. So what happened with LVS? All the Singapore side of LVS, MBS, uh, we've got some earnings from LVS pointing to growth in the Singapore part of the business, which means Gunting probably will do well on the front as well. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got now the expectations of this visa-free deal of China. That means more tourists coming to Singapore. That's also lifting the sales of Gunting Singapore. So it was a pretty good day last Friday for Gunting, which saw its stock rise as much as 5.6%. Shares of Gunting Singapore really uh, soaring Friday, right? 5.6%. They dropped back a little bit, though, and they are still up 16% over the past three months. Let's check in on markets now. We are knee-deep in earnings season. The U.S. Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee is set to meet, and there is a highly anticipated employment report. That's due out in the week ahead. What is on your radar, Ryan? All right, lots to watch out for. It's a busy week for central banks. In fact, this morning, the MAS was already in action. And for a third meeting in a row, they kept their settings unchanged. Mm. Pretty much letting where things are, maybe to let the Sing dollar slowly appreciate to mitigate any inflationary pressures. Um, Down the road, we've got the Federal Reserve on Thursday. We will find out what they will be deciding on and by and large expectations are for no changes as well but maybe signals for what's to come in the March meeting which right now actually is pretty split 50-50 on maybe a rate cut and also in the mix is the Bank of England no big changes there expected as well Um, otherwise the big ones to watch out for will be the earnings and this comes from Big Tech Alphabet Amazon many of the Magnificent 7 will be reporting their numbers and it's an interesting time as we hear tech layoffs just coming onto the scene. What will they say? Will they brace us for more to come? All right. For our last word uh, today, we are going to the world of AI and... Online dating. Have you thought, how can AI make online dating easier for me to find my match? Well, Wired read an article this weekend. It caught my eye, really. Their team tried out a a new dating app where two chatbots chatted with each other. So instead of going on a first date or even maybe chatting with somebody online, your chatbot does it for you. It's called Vola. What do you think? Yeah, you know those tedious moments where you try to say hi to someone and it goes back and forth and then it becomes so... 
tedious, mm-hmm. so familiar. You have to go through that dance of sorts. And then maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Well, the chatbot is going to do everything for you. Those initial moments will be done by the chatbot. So that chatbot <laughs> talks to someone else's chatbot and then they get everything out of the way and then they decide, hey, maybe this is working. And then you come in much later. So it does the, I suppose, heavy lifting for you, the initial uh, moments at least. I know what you mean by tedium. So I uh, once hosted a f- chat f- forum for Bumble and so I had to use the app to experience what it was like. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I just found the chatting takes up so much time. Well, you've got to wow. really be lucky to find someone who's, you know, I suppose, connecting with you in the right frequency. I mean. And a chatbot could figure that out for you. So maybe oh. do away with all those unnecessary moments. Hand me a transcript. I'm happy to read the transcript. <laughs> so it sounds interesting. It's called Vola, by the way. Uh, it will mimic your conversational style. Yeah, so mm-hmm. how it works is you answer a couple of questions from the chatbot mm-hmm. and then it becomes you. <laughs> and then at some point you figure... You, but you what is ask. it chatting to? It's chatting to the other person's chatbot. So it's like a bunch of chatbots dating themselves. Okay. But you can ask a question, how do you figure out who is real at the end of the day if you're chatting someone else on the yeah, screen? Yeah, I mean, then, how do you know when the, chatting, the chatbot has stopped, right? Yeah, when does a human come in? You will never know. Yeah, that's why face-to-face will always be important in the world of dating. But hey, if it can simplify the initial rambling to get the basics out of the way, how old are you, um, how long have you been dating, I don't know what the basics are anymore, but I'm assuming that's what it is, um, then I'm all for it. Sounds interesting. Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.